Hey, the start of something special right here, man. Let's go. Number one fantasy player right here. Got past the line. Shut up. Know the rules. I just want to say this to you. Right now, best in the game. I know. Welcome, everyone, to Pod After Touchdown, uh, the Pod After TD Fantasy Football Podcast. I am Andrew Mackins, filling in for our regular host, Sam Hoppin, this week. Sam has elected to take a week off from the podcast. So, at, you know, as we always preach when it comes to mental health, you got to do what you got to do to stay at that 100%, come with that energy on a weekly basis. So, we're doing a, something a little bit different this week. There won't be a kickoff question or a mental health minute per se, um, or no real, you know, discussion. It's going to be just myself on the mic, and I'm going to be reading one of Sam's pieces that he wrote for Fantasy Pros back in April. A uh, little bit of context around why we chose this piece. Actually, um, some of you may already be aware of a major. Uh, very much sought after in terms of participation and winning a fantasy football tournament known as the Scott Fishbowl. It's in its 10th year this year, and uh, everyone tweeting about this is using the hashtag SFBX for Scott Fishbowl 10. Uh, I just found out this morning that I got an invite, so I'm super excited about that. Thank you to Scott Fish and I believe it's Ryan McDowell and their team for that. Uh, Sam was invited as well earlier in the year. So we're really excited to be a part of this tournament. We're going to be sponsoring their Podathon, which is part of the charity aspect of Scott Fishbowl. And uh, for those of you that don't know, this large tournament, which includes hundreds of fantasy analysts and fans, uh, will... Uh, all of the proceeds and all of the, the communication around building the community is all for a good cause. It goes towards Fantasy Cares, which at the end of the year is uh, donating money to you know buy toys for children in need around Christmas time. So that's always been the main charity. They've also added a fund for uh, seeking justice and, and fighting racism in America. And I'll get the specific name of that for the end of the podcast, uh, but I'll Obviously, this whole thing's for a good cause. The official drafts for the Scott Fishbowl are coming in early July. I believe it's July 6th. So for those of you who are involved or are interested in following along with the scoring of that, there's a really unique format. Uh, and first downs are one of the stats tracked in this league for points. I believe it's a half point per first down for uh, players that uh, receive or rush for a touchdown and then tight ends actually get an extra half point bump for any first downs that they get so coincidentally enough sam has written a point per first down fantasy football league primer on the website fantasypros.com this was uh, april 15th of this year and so I'm just going to be doing an audio reading of this. So if, you, if you're not interested, you can feel free to skip this episode. This is just something to have in, in your feed in lieu of our traditional podcast this week. 
Um, I'll be explaining some of the charts in here as we go through. So a little bit informal, uh, a lot of word for word reading of it. Um, but I will encourage you to go and search for this article as well so you can see the full thing and all of the links that Sam has included. If you search point per first down primer fantasy pros on Google, you should be able to find it fairly quickly. But without further ado, let's get into this article. With the growth of fantasy football, more and more league types have been created to expand how people play the game. One of those league types is using point per first down or PPFD scoring. It's a simple yet effective way to add even more points to fantasy football. Oftentimes, when watching football through a fantasy football lens, we're rooting for our player to reach the end zone and score a touchdown. With PPFD scoring, you can introduce dozens of mini goal lines to each game that you watch. Many will make the case for PPFD leagues over typical PPR leagues because a first down is more valuable to a player's NFL team than simply catching a ball, especially if the play doesn't gain any yards. Additionally, it adds some value to players who excel between the 20s and aren't as much of a threat in the red zone. So if your league plans on switching to PPFD scoring, allow me to walk you through some of the strategy and key stats to keep in mind on your way to a championship. Scoring. The scoring is pretty simple as it's in the name of the league type. Players are awarded a full point or half of a point for every rushing or receiving first down. PPFD leagues typically don't award points for a passing first down, but that's another way to customize the league scoring to fit your preference. Some leagues will also give extra points for tight ends earning a first down, similar to other tight end premium leagues. For those involved with the coveted Scott Fishbowl each year, this league employs a very similar scoring system awarding an extra half point for a tight end first down. As I go through the rest of the primer, I'll be analyzing player stats through the lens of half PPR and full point per first down scoring, comparing those to player stats in a regular half PPR league. Player value changes. A key part of succeeding in a league that has abnormal scoring is understanding how player values change. You can't go into a season assuming that a, the same players at the top of your standard scoring league will be the same as those in a PPFD league. For this analysis, I looked at how player values changed in the context of the 2019 season to provide some timely examples. The chart below shows the average change in overall total fantasy point player ranking by position. Note negative number indicates a drop in ranking. So, out of reading voice, <laughs> uh, I'm looking at the quarterback position. The average change in overall ranking is minus 8.3 spots. Running back is plus 2.1, wide receiver is plus 0.9, and tight end is minus 0.1. Quarterbacks take the biggest hit in value compared to other positions. On average, a quarterback drops over 8 spots in overall player rankings when using full PPFD scoring. This is clearly explained by the position's inability to score on receiving first downs and fewer quarterbacks scoring on rushing first downs. What this also means for quarterbacks is that a rushing quarterback becomes that much more valuable. Only eight quarterbacks rushed for at least 20 first downs in 2019. The four quarterbacks that had the most rushing first downs, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray, only dropped an average of one and a half spots, a stark contrast from the eight-spot drop that the position averaged as a whole. Now I'm looking at a chart of 
the PPR fantasy points versus total PPFD fantasy points and the various ranks. The people at the top uh, are still Lamar Jackson gets even more points in this format. Well, I, guess, I suppose everyone will be getting slightly more points in the PPFD format, but Lamar Jackson's at number one, Dak Prescott at rank number two, Russell Wilson rank number three, Deshaun Watson rank number four. It starts to change a little bit when you get to Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, uh, but f- for the most part, these ranks seem to be the same um, in the top 12 at least. On the other side of the coin, you will find that running backs get the most benefit from the scoring change, rising by an average of two spots in overall player rankings. Though two spots may seem small in the grand scheme of a season, knowing this can provide another data point to use as a tiebreaker on draft day. Conversely to quarterbacks, running backs are a threat as a rusher and a receiver, so they benefit from the opportunity to score by converting either a rushing or a receiving first down. Within the running back position itself, there was quite a bit of movement as only 10 of the top 24 running backs held their original positional ranking when shifting from regular half PPR to PPFD scoring. Now we're looking at a chart of the running back rankings. As he mentioned, a lot of those top players such as Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, their positions are pretty much in lockstep. Zeke's fantasy ranking actually increased to number two from number four. But as we scroll down further, we'll see a few individuals that either drop a couple spots or rise a couple spots. Ronald Jones actually decreased in rank um, from PPFD scoring. But again, this is, with the charts within this document, or within this article rather, I would recommend seeking out the article yourself to look at the specific differences in fantasy points and rankings, rankings among these top players. Wide receivers saw a slight boost as well, improving their overall ranking by just under one spot on average. This doesn't paint the whole picture, though, as the movement within the position is quite chaotic, similar to the movement at running back. Among the top 24 wide receivers in half PPR scoring, over half of them moved at least one spot in the positional ranking. Again, this may not seem like a lot at the end of the season, but on a week-to-week basis, it could mean the difference between a win and a loss. Again, I encourage you to search this article on Google, Fantasy Pros Point Per First Down Primer, to see the full chart. Kenny Galladay was fifth ranked in half PPR scoring and seventh in point per first down scoring last year. DeAndre Hopkins was actually sixth in half PPR and fourth in point per first down scoring. So there, there are some interesting nuggets there in how certain receivers jump up or down. And from what I can tell, the, the receivers that tend to do better in standard scoring tend to also do better in half PPR than they do in point per first down. Lastly, tight end values relative to others are nearly unchanged by switching to a PPFD scoring format. A couple of the elite tight ends in Travis Kelsey and George Kittle rose eight and five spots in overall rankings, respectively. Other than those two, most tight ends' final overall ranking changed by only a spot or two, if that. The same can be said within the tight end position, as the top 12 players at the position remained exactly the same when switching from half PPR to PPFD scoring. Key stats. 
Using NFL Scrap R, I ran a correlation analysis to determine which stats for running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends are most correlated with a player's following year fantasy football performance. The following table shows the correlation coefficient of several stats using data since 2009. This is a smaller chart. It has a bunch of different correlations on here for statistics for each position. Uh, the highest correlations that I'm spotting are percentage of team receiving first downs. Receivers have a 0.517 correlation uh, between that statistic and fantasy finish. The best correlation for first downs per opportunity and future fantasy performance is at 0.446, and that goes to the tight end position. But the most interesting stat on here, and it has the highest correlation amongst all of these statistics with future fantasy football performance, is first downs per game. Running backs have a correlation with this stat of uh, and fantasy success of 0.541. Wide receivers correlation with this statistic is at 0.584. And tight ends correlation between first downs per game and following year fantasy success sits at 0.614. Among the least correlated stats is a player's average length of a receiving or rushing first down. These stats measure, on average, how long a player rushes or has a reception for on plays in which he converts a first down. Though they are not particularly indicative of fantasy performance, this stat can be used to understand how a player is used on his team. For example, deep threat receivers like A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, and Mike Williams all average 22 yards per receiving first down. First downs per opportunity is an efficiency metric used to gauge how effective a player is in converting first downs with the opportunities that he's given. First downs per opportunity isn't that strongly correlated to overall fantasy football success, but it can be used to spot potential breakout and regression candidates. If a player's first downs per opportunity ranks near the top, but he isn't considered a workhorse, then he could thrive if given a larger workload. Moreover, a player's percent of a team's total first downs is consistently correlated across all position groups. Rather, expectedly, a player's percent of a team's receiving first downs is similarly correlated for wide receivers and tight ends. The percent of a team's first downs is a simple market share indicator similar to that of target market share or rushing market share. These end up being some of the most useful stats in fantasy football each year. Finally, first downs per game emerge as the most predictive year-over-year -year stat across each position. This is a fairly rudimentary stat, but a powerful one in predicting following year performance nonetheless. So, out of reading voice there, as you might have picked up, I kind of analyze the chart and then Sam actually describes each of those different metrics after I had already taken a glance at it. So uh, his paragraphs, his writing here provides a much better analysis of my own glance at the table. Back into the final stretch of Sam's piece here. Stat leaders. Now that we know which stats are most indicative of following year performance, let's take a look at 2019's leaders in some of these stats. Unsurprisingly, Last year's fantasy darling, Christian McCaffrey, led all running backs in the percentage of his team's first downs, 36.9%. Notably, Le'Veon Bell, 25.2%, found himself in the top 10 running backs in that metric despite a down year in fantasy football. Another potential running back to keep an eye on is David Montgomery, 
who snuck his way into the top 10 running backs in percent of team rushing first downs at 58.8%. Two Baltimore Ravens running backs, Gus Edwards, 0.34, and Mark Ingram, 0.30, landed in the top five running backs in first downs per opportunity. The Ravens as a team ranked first in first downs per game. A couple of pass-catching backs in James White and Naeem Hines were nearly as efficient with each posting first down per opportunity marks of 0.28. Outside of Michael Thomas, 39.6%, the top of the wide receiver leaderboard in percent of his team's receiving first downs is littered with some unexpected names. John Brown, 32.7%, Cortland Sutton, 30.9%, Jarvis Landry, 30.6%, Devontae Adams, 28.4%, and Terry McLaurin, 27.9%, are all inside the top 10, despite being outside the top 12 in total PPFD fantasy points. In terms of efficiency, a couple of teams' wide receiver tandems in Calvin Ridley, 0.51, and Julio Jones, 0.48, as well as Corey Davis, 0.48, and A.J. Brown, 0.47, worked their way into the top 10 receivers in first downs per opportunity. Kenny Stills, who will likely now see an uptick in usage with the DeAndre Hopkins trade, also recorded 0.49 first downs per opportunity. This makes him a potential value in the middle rounds of your drafts this year. As mentioned above, Brown, 24.8, Diggs, 23.6, and Williams, 22.5. Again, that's John Brown, Stephon Diggs, and Mike Williams, along with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 27.9, all boast the highest length of average receiving first down. One surprising name that fell just outside the top 10 in his average length of receiving first down was Juju Smith-Schuster, who posted a 20.3-yard average. This is up significantly from his 2018 mark of 17 receiving yards per first down. At the tight end position, one name in particular stands out among those leading the position in the percentage of his team's receiving first downs. Colts tight end Jack Doyle ranked sixth among tight ends with a 17.6 receiving first down share. Jared Cook and Kyle Rudolph led tight ends at 0.49 first downs per opportunity each a mark that would have put them among the top five wide receivers. Rudolph was the only tight end inside the top five in first downs per opportunity while finishing outside the top 12 in PPFD fantasy points. With Diggs' departure opening up several targets, he could be in store for a sleeper season. Further down the leaderboard, Darren Fells, 0.46, and Ryan Griffin, 0.44, both took advantage of some particularly efficient seasons as they also both converted over 12% of their targets into touchdowns, a rather high mark for tight ends. Again, I know that was a lot of information, so there is a full leaderboard of stats available within this article online. Back into a section that I'm sure you guys are waiting for, actual draft strategy. This will be really big if uh, you are participating in the Scott Fishbowl or following along and want to incorporate this scoring into your leagues. While your draft strategy may not change that much compared to your normal half PPR league, there are a couple ways to exploit value in a PPFD league. As is with most leagues, a late round quarterback prevails as the best strategy. Especially with how depressed quarterback values are, 
it isn't worth taking an elite quarterback early in the draft as their point totals will make up even a smaller percentage of your overall weekly score. However, if you are compelled to spend up on a quarterback, be sure to spend it on a quarterback that adds value by rushing. Your draft strategy when it comes to running backs and wide receivers will remain fairly unchanged. For running back, workhorses become that much more valuable because of the plethora of opportunities they'll have to convert a first down, but they were already a large focus at the top of drafts regardless. For wide receivers, you may find yourself targeting more of the possession guys as opposed to the deep threat weapons. Similar to amassing points through receptions in any PPR league, possession receivers will be able to gather more first downs. To highlight this, below is a graph that compares players' average depth of target, or ADOT, to the number of first downs per game he converts. That said, when debating between multiple wide receivers, you may also want to account for those on teams with efficient offenses that are able to move the ball. That may seem intuitive, but last year each of the top six receivers in PPFD fantasy scoring were on a team that ranked in the top 10 in first downs per game. Tight ends will still be one of the least valued positions, but there may be more evidence for taking an elite tight end. As I previously mentioned, a couple of the elite tight ends from last year saw a major boost in overall fantasy ranking, while the rest of the position remained fairly stagnant. Obviously, switching to a league that offers an extra point boost for tight end first downs will change this. If you're looking for guidance on how to value tight ends in a tight end premium league, you can apply similar draft tactics to those pointed out in our tight end premium league primer. In closing, PPFD leagues add another fun layer to scoring in fantasy football. With the relevance that first downs have in the actual game of football, it's fairly easy to make a convincing argument to switch to PPFD scoring. If your league plans on switching, Yahoo, Sleeper, and My Fantasy League all support PPFD scoring. I look forward to following the trend of more and more PPFD leagues starting, and I hope this primer has provided you enough guidance to win your league this year. Thank you guys for listening, if you've made it this far. Uh, Definitely some interesting stuff in there, and I'm going to have to take a closer look at these charts to, you know, actually put my own analysis on it and, you know, kind of craft my own opinion on how this is going to affect my draft strategy uh, just off the top of my head lately, I've been thinking about George Kittle a lot and putting him over Travis Kelsey in my tight end rankings, not just because, you know, he's their number one receiving target, which means he's going to be looked at for a lot of those receiving first downs, but he hasn't blown up in the touchdown category either lately. So that's just kind of a a one-off thought in terms of rankings and someone you might want to target early on in these drafts when, you know, Everyone's zigging one way, you can zag another and could get some benefit from this point per first down scoring. But there's a lot to dig into for sure. If you guys have questions, uh, you're free to tweet at Sam Hoppin. Uh, you can tweet us both uh, collectively at PodAfterTD. That is the podcast Twitter account. And feel free to tweet me as well, uh, at Andrew Mackins. I hope you guys appreciate this in your podcast feed this week. We look forward to getting back on schedule with division previews and talking about players on a division-by-division basis in the coming weeks. So with, uh, with all of that, hope you guys are staying sane, staying healthy, and the kick is good.